0: Parents play a vital role in the success of their children in school. And increasingly, classical Christian schools are going against the grain of many other schools who actively encourage the parents to disengage and let them outsource their children's education and formation to the institute itself, maybe even the government. But despite a growing culture that expects parents to drop and go, Classical Christian schools stand in partnership with parents. Biblically, the school stands under the authority of the parent. But what does this mean practically? How do home and school really collaborate? Interestingly, there are a growing number of parents now choosing hybrid or collaborative schools, which offer a blend of education of home and traditional school setting. But regardless of whether a child is in a hybrid or a full five-day school, there are important and specific ways parents can and should partner as we stand together to raise the next generation. Stay tuned for this episode of Basecamp Live.
1: Mountains, we all face them as we seek to influence the next generation. Get equipped to conquer the challenges, summit the peak, and shape exceptionally thoughtful, compassionate, and flourishing human beings. We call it ancient future education for raising the next generation. Welcome to Basecamp Live. Now your host, Davies Owens.
0: Basecamp listeners, thank you for listening to this episode of Basecamp Live. It's always good to be in connection and conversation with you. I've been encouraging over the last few episodes for folks to reach out, and I've been receiving emails, and I really appreciate it. You can reach me at info at I want to do a shout-out to Heather Rashal. She's the co-founder as well as the dean and logic school teacher for a brand-new classical Christian school in Lake Charles, Louisiana, called Prudentia. Classical Academy. Uh, Quite an ambitious and challenging season she's been in, but she's got her school started. She said she started listening to the podcast back in the fall of 2019. They're praying about starting this classical school in their area. They made the decision to move forward, and the pandemic hit. Can you imagine starting a school at that moment? And despite it all, the school started. Uh, And then in the fall of 2020, they got rolling, and that was about the time the Hurricanes, Laura, and Delta hit them back-to-back. But as she says, by God's grace, we were able to start back, having only missed a little over uh, five weeks of the school, and now they're in their second year. Praise God for that. So shout-out to you, Heather, praying for you. So excited for the um, courage and the ambition and God's faithfulness in your school. We'd love to hear from you. Where are you? Where are you serving And what questions might you have? We're going to be doing some episodes in December that are specifically around your questions about anything related to education and culture in parenting. We would love to hear from you. You can only, again, email info at basecamplive.com, but you can certainly reach me um, on this new number, 833-595-2929, 833-595-2929, either by text or by leaving a voicemail message. would love to hear from you. Well, without further ado, let's jump into this episode with Neil Anderson. Well, Neil Anderson, welcome to Basecamp Live. It's so good to be here with you in person. Mm Mm-hmm. I am increasingly appreciative of interviews that are not on Zoom, so it's great to actually have you in the flesh and blood here. We're at the SCL Fall Retreat here in Fort Worth, Texas. You're on the board of the SCL, mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but tell us your, your story. I mean, it's always fascinating. How did you, you're now head of Trinity Classical School in Houston. We're going to talk a lot about the hybrid model, but back us up. Where were you um, in your in your earlier yeah. life? How did you get into classical Christian education? Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah, I'll give the crash course in the flyby. I get I get asked this, you know, quite often by dads at lunches and whatnot. Uh, the 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 crash course is, you know, did K through 12 education at a public school. Uh, had an affinity for academics, was a good student. I was also highly into athletics. Ended up playing football into college, but I went to college uh, to play football for Wheaton College. Uh, Christian liberal arts school. I didn't go to that school because of Christian liberal arts school. It was because there was a crazy football coach who recruited me and was very compelling. Mm. Um, But once I was there, you know, I describe it as all these kind of switches getting flipped in my, in my heart for the things that really I had an appetite for. There was, a, there was a crew of professors there at the time that I was there that just, what, what I saw was, when I, when I saw depth of education, you know, combined with, you know, a, a passionate zeal for the things of the Lord kind of put on display, right? I mean, I, I was like, I, I want what you have, I want to read what you read, I want to walk down the wow. road y'all walked. And so, and then I got married in my undergrad, um, had my first child, uh, my senior year during football season. So just got the ball rolling real early with family, which means right as I graduated from my undergrad and had this amazing liberal arts experience, um, I also immediately started to think about like repairing, uh, you know, my educational process in in the lives of my parenting and children. Right. So Now
0: did you grow up in a, what was your own personal educational experience in the K-12? Um,
1: uh, a pretty deplorable situation of of, of of the the full-fledged version of public progressivism but <laughs> but had a th- thoughtful parents kinda, okay uh, my dad was a pastor he had a he had a he had a um, part of my story also is standing in his library you know l- l- looking at all these books that were not accessible to me but kind of having this sort of appetite for like I wish I could understand what's in mm. this book you know wow. it was it was a, so it was, was d- it was
0: deeply in you and then yeah. it came
1: alive at Wheaton and then now you've got kids you've got to figure yeah. out
0: I've got to actually actually. Yeah. Educate the next generation. So where did that lead you?
1: Yeah, I mean, I was, uh, you know, I, I caught the flare for pastoral ministry and church planning. That's where my wife and I thought we were headed. But then just this, um, what, 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 you know, what we retained from Wheaton um, just kept growing. I started, you know, I read all the early books on classical education as I started to hear about them. I was, I was uh, pastoring at a church, but then took a job at a classical school um, teaching, um, being a chaplain of sorts, and then I just within that, you know, I got brought into the administration of that school very quickly because I had some basic leadership giftings, and I was enthusiasm enthusiastic about classical education. So they're just like, "Come on, let's go!" <laughs> yeah, and then it's just all kind of um, so so so. Then, you know, I was like, I I want to. I could feel the Lord shifting the calling from pastoral ministry into uh, classical Christian leadership, and. Um, but at the same time, um, I was at a school that was five-day-a-week classical school, and we had four small children at that time, probably three. And I just, my wife and I were looking at each other like, we, we, do, we don't want to homeschool. We know that's not the way but we do not want our we don't we don't want our kids gone 5 days a week yeah, and and yeah. we want to teach them not just kind of supplementally at night like we we want to go through books yeah. with them we want to read the good books with them we don't want to miss we don't want to miss out on this i think a lot of parents have that
0: early expect or anticipation that they can sort of continue once the kids come home from school to add all these extra options and of course you realize past about 2nd grade yeah. it's a full plate in most yeah. schools so you guys kind of hit this decision point, what were what were you thinking? I mean, to so in your we mind, were, there was we, two we, choices, we, right? We, we yeah.
1: shifted from school from church planting to school planting mentality. So my wife and I were going to... We had kind of, at that time, uh, obviously hybrid model schools were already in existence, but they were a lot fewer and less known. And so we kind of thought we came up with it in a sense. Like, I think we had heard about it here and there, but we basically decided we were going right. to plant a school like this.
0: And, and, and just to make sure everybody's trying to track them, so hybrid... It literally means part of the week you're in your home, kind of homeschool-minded, and then the other part you're in in traditional school setting. Correct. The three so,
1: the three main terms that are being used right now yeah. are hybrid, okay. collaborative. That's actually the word we use at our school okay. and university model. All somewhat synonymous, although are, are used in d- different ways. But in
0: university, which I've always found that's like the very confusing name to pick for a K twelve <laughs> program because like lot well, you're at the but it, that's really more of a, uh, a branded... Uh, there's a, there's a
1: specific organization right. called NOBS, National Association of University Model Schools. Okay. They've, they have branded around that term, and that also is an organization of hybrid model schools that are a mixture of classical and non-classical right. schools doing it that way. So yeah. you
0: guys are at this kind of big decision point. You Did you know of other hybrid schools, or this was just literally kind of... You kind of we, had this chocolate peanut butter moment, like, I, we need something in between here. So my
1: wife had kind of heard of something. Yeah. I had never heard of it. Okay. Um, so like I said, you know, I thought I dreamed it yeah. up, and then I, 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 yeah, yeah. I, I, I very quickly realized I didn't. Not only, And then we did some Google searching, and we, we realized that one is about to start in Houston, where, where we were living outside of Houston yeah. at the time. Yeah. So we sent our daughter there as a student year one okay. of the school. Yeah. And by the end of the year, they had hired me as the first head. So that's, <laughs> that's how it all got. Right
0: place yeah. at the right time. Yeah. That's amazing. Well, I think a lot of people listening are, have certainly walked that path and more often than not, because most of us grew up in, uh, you know, five day a week school environments, we just assume that's normative, but I think there is especially, and I wondered your thoughts on this. I mean, COVID has obviously rearranged so many things in the world, but it gave so many parents a glimpse into their children's education. In many cases, it was a sense of, gosh, I really do like having them around more often. Mm -hmm. Um, how is that? I mean, how do you see the landscaping changing? It sounds like the hybrid schools are incre- increasing in terms of demand and, and curiosity. What yeah. does that look like?
1: Yeah, I see. I see. Uh, you know, um, hybrid schools are increasingly flourishing with enrollment and interest. For, for you know, and, and, and we did see a, a bit of an uptick during COVID, where um, which was kind of painful to not painful, but you're self-conscious about it. You know, where, where you know, where, mm-hmm. where potentially other schools are, are are hurting. There, there was a uh, a renewed interest in mm-hmm. collaborative schools, but you know we um, we uh, have a lot to say about that. But I blanked on the question. What?
0: Wh- well, just in general, there seems to be a, a, you know from when you
1: started, this yeah. was kind of a new idea. Now yes. it seems like a lot of people yes. are coming. Sorry, yeah. thank you. Yeah. Um, well, there's an economical version, right? Yeah. Uh, sure. E- 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 economical reason. Um, it's 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 difficult. For the average parent who's interested, say in classical education, mm-hmm. if you're a classical hybrid model school, and you have a price point like four, you know, there's all different versions of, uh-huh. of hybrid schools with price points, but it's going to be a lower price point sure, than your five day week. Yeah. yeah, so you know, you know, for 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 economical reasons, it's difficult not to look at and to kind of just go hear what the vision is for it, and then also, um, yeah, we have. I mean, you. The first swell of families interested in hybrid model school are well. No, we, we found two two angles. One is homeschoolers yep. who want to beef it up, yep, or find more you know form more and they want right. And in our case, uh, you know, want to kind of also take it a step beyond co-op, right? right? Yep. So one way of beefing up is co-op. The next step is to. You know, some version of a hybrid model school. The other side is, for the first time, people who never would have thought about homeschooling because of a variety of reasons will give it a chance in our construct. So yeah. they'll come hear me talk on a Thursday night, <clears throat> where they never would have before, because somebody has told them, like, "Hey, it's not quite what you think. Go, go, go here." Right,
0: and obviously homeschooling is is a is booming in the midst of everything. But I, I think for a lot of families, to your point, it's a it can be quite intimidating. I mean, it depends on one's propensity for these things and availability for, from work and everything else to do with that. But it, clearly the attractor is you're giving a parent a path to follow, kind of a recipe to cook to, you're yep. intentional about it. And I know really kind of a, a big point I want us to explore in this podcast is really the, the very unique roles that classical Christian parents are expected to, to play. And I yep. think, again, it can run the gamut from, uh, you know, literally partnering to teach um, and I know there's a lot of intentionality and training around that all the way to, uh, it's a five day program, but never in there is there sort of this idea of we're outsourcing our kids, which is really where the culture is today. And yeah. I think, you know, right. let the government raise our kids, let the Christian school down the street, teach them all these moral things. And we'll just basically, you know, I always say, you know, we drop the car off to get the oil change, We drop our clothes off to get the dry cleaning and we should drop our kids off to get educated in values. And we'll pick them up at three 30 and call it a day. That is not classical Christian education. Yeah. So, that's right. I, let, you know, I wanna, we're going to take a break. I want to come back and, and really explore what, whether you are in a five-day or whether you're in a, a, a hybrid, hybrid collaborative, what are some of those best practices and guidance that you give to parents? Because I, I think the, the, the weight of the world continues to lay upon us, and it, there's always that sense of we, we know we could do more, but what are just some things that we can do in either environment that really extend the reach and the impact of the classical Christian school? Yeah. I think that's a, it's a really important question. Uh, For us to ask, I guess before we get a break, though, just thinking through, um, you know, your school. I'm just curious to that question around what does that look like if a parent comes to you and says, "I've never done this before." Um, love the idea philosophically, have utterly no idea what it would mean to do something at home. What does that training process look like for them? Is that, a, is yeah. that extra classes they take, or how does yeah. that work? Yeah.
1: Yeah. It start, I mean, it starts in the interview with the basic question once we get to the third C, you know, Christ Center, classical, collaborative in our, our case, <laughs> the, the kind of guiding question there is like, hey, A, you know, do you realize what you're getting yourself into? Yeah. Uh, like, fully. This is a question for dad and mom. Whoever is going to be what we call the co teacher, one of them is really going to take that, that role most. Actually, yeah but the other one has to like have fully bought into the kind of the support of this whole framework, which is going to be a doozy. Like we're, you know, yeah. so, you know, families yeah. that are kind of have, have have had homeschool experiences themselves or kind of have a vision for that, they're, they're already good to go. They, they need to kind of figure out what it looks like to kind of lay their curricular choices, you know, at the, mm-hmm. at the door and stuff like that. The other family needs to be asked the question like this is going to require much. This is going to be sacrificial. This is going to have, you know, key moments in the year where you're going to, f- you know, ask yourself the question, why in the world am I doing this? You know, so just kind of, you know, uh, helping to kind of instigate a a line of further searching of is this I mean, it's just a lot of commitment, yeah, because yeah. we because then what happens is they get resourced in, in several ways, right? When they enroll, you know, pre reading and stuff that they need to do. You know, Susan Weisbauer's been, you know, mm-hmm. some of her work is, is huge in this realm because she's been a blessing to all of classical Christian ed, but but she's you know, she started out as you know, homeschooler at sure. heart, you know. Uh, so we do a week long, so before school starts, we have a week of faculty training, and then we have a week long of co-teacher training, where all the main teacher parents come, and they do their first round of getting fully trained in all the kind of curricular processes that we, we need yeah. them to kind of get equipped in, a crash course version Sure, for, Sure, first. and
0: then ongoing access, support. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a beautiful model. The Ambrose School, where I've been affiliated, they're in Boise. Um, started five years ago the bridge program appropriately mm-hmm. named and it was a, there were just so many I think unexpected blessings of that of that I mean to your point earlier it, it's a price point that you're going to reach families that couldn't come otherwise it, for families that want to be more intentional there's the opportunity I think that it also from an school administrator standpoint it was interesting because we were realizing gosh we have we have a number of part-time teachers over in the five day mm-hmm. that are looking for other work so mm-hmm. now they can double over and have access there and just the the free flow. Uh, you know, uniforms, the same kind of house program. There's just so much in terms of similarity. How much crossover do you get? Do you get families? Well, I mean, you guys are fully hybrid all the way through 12. Correct. But do you see, do you see families kind of hitting? I mean, I think the perception is this is perfect for little Susie who's in second grade and we can do the thing at the kitchen table, but I can't do the senior level science experiments and calculus and all that kind of thing. So Mm -hmm. is there a, is there, is there any attrition as it goes up as families get more, Yeah. Uh, We about that? Yeah.
1: That's a question that every head of school of each version of a hybrid school is going to answer differently based on their vision and strategy. right? Right. So at this conference right now, right downstairs, there's guys... Um, who are you know I know one that's at a school that by the time they get to high school they run kind of a university schedule volume of time is almost the same as what a five-day week school is yeah um, I just met with a guy in Chicago last week who who's developed a model called you know the the co-schooling which mm. is a one step beyond co-op they're one day a week and wow. but they pay their teachers and they have this very sort of robust you know curricular plan and yeah. so on and so forth yeah. so um, my point is, I'll answer it from my school, but it's different everywhere. Uh, f- yeah, uh, everywhere. Yeah. What we've done is is we have a very specific vision um, that has to do with like a rounded experience for each student, but it's very minimalistic. It's very kind of bare bones. So in its Primarily focused on the kind of meat and potatoes of a robust, robust liberal arts, classical ed, ac- academic scenario. So we run cross country; it's the only sport we run. We have high volumes of participation, but that that's it. Mm. We push people towards you know the, the you know, flourishing in club sports and, right. and other things. Exactly. Rec leagues. Um, yep. We have a fine arts program that you know, but but what? Well, but our our school story is one of a boom and growth you know, over the last ten years. That I know as head of school, as I bring in the next wave of 70 students into kindergarten, um, uh, that that is not 70 students who want to be 11th graders at Trinity Classical School. I I would say upwards of 50% of them at that point have no intention of being Mm. in this type of school, maybe in 7th grade, maybe. So, you know... uh, Every school's doing it differently. We built the whole structure to where we want to have a thriving, robust rhetoric school, but it will be kind of purposefully and understandably smaller. Right, because it's just a different... Yeah. yeah.
0: Okay, it designed for that built-in attrition. Yeah. Mode. Okay, that makes sense. Well, let's take a quick break. Um, Neil, I want to come back. Again, I really want to hear from you, just best practices on on parent partnership, what that means. There's this great Latin phrase, I always love to have fun, within loco parentis, meaning Mm -hmm. biblically, Mm -hmm. um, we, the school people are under the authority biblically of the parent. Um, Sometimes my joke is that it sounds like, you know, it's something about loco parentises and and sometimes (laughs) it feels that way. We all get a little crazy as parents sometimes, but uh, all right, we'll take a quick break and come right back with Neil Anderson. It's time for another quick Classical Christian Q&A with Dr. Tim Dernlin. Okay, Dr. Durnlin, the question
2: of the week is, what is meant by plundering the Egyptians? Uh, that's a good question. That's one of those strange internal uh, sayings that we have in classical Christian education that uh, folks that are new to the movement might not understand. So plundering, first uh, taking taking from the egyptians right uh, that's what uh, we're talking about there and it and it harkens to when the hebrews were sent out from slavery away from the egyptians and the egyptians finally got fed up with them and said here take our our resources take some some uh, some cattle and gold and go. And so classical Christian schools study the best and brightest scholars from both Christian and non-Christians. And as we study the non-Christians during this process, there's an intentional effort to take every good thought captive, everything that will be good out of non-Christian literature that will glorify God. And it requires a teacher in the process to lead students through this and sift out what's praiseworthy and leave behind things that are not true, not good, not beautiful. And this process uh, is referred to as plundering the Egyptians because we are taking the best of ancient literature that might not be Christian but was very influential in the way that we think in the Western world. And it does take a skilled master teacher who loves the Lord, knows how to plunder that, guide students through it, and help them to think logically and critically. So. Plunder the plundering the egyptians is a, a fun phrase that we like to use in classical christian schools and it's just what young people need today
0: because they are already being exposed to so many other narratives that aren't christian in the broader culture so teaching them to discern this story of this hero or heroine is actually virtuous and worth following and that obviously led to a, a demise and not a good not a good situation so it's really giving them kind of a way of living vicariously through these decisions of those who've gone before us so we should be following and uh, plundering the Egyptians, as you say. So uh, thank you very much, Dr. Dernland Very good answer. Check out Dr. Dernland's book on 100 questions on classical Christian education. Got a question for him to answer on Basecamp Live? Send the question to info at Basecamp Live or leave us a message by voice or text on the Basecamp hotline, 833-595-2929. That's 833-595-2929. We look forward to hearing from you. Welcome back here with Neil Anderson talking about this amazing rise of, of hybrid collaborative schools, um, this uh, meet in the middle option that is a perfect solution for so many families. It was for your family, Neil. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, my youngest for a period of time was involved in the bridge program. I, I love that idea. And I think there, you know, every parent needs to discern because every child is different. Um, how much time. Some kids really thrive when they need a little bit more anchoring at home. Um, yeah. But it is interesting. I've noticed just in, in my years in school world, I, if I could stereotype, I would say I see parents often coming in uh, over-parenting in the early grammar stage and, and leaning in heavily and wanting to know what's going with curriculum and uh, and being very participatory, maybe to a fault sometimes. And then mm-hmm. by the time somewhere in their minds, you know, 5th grade hits or 7th grade hits, there's the well baby bird needs to leave the nest so i'm just going to kind of step back and by the time Mm -hmm. they're in high school the kids are often underparented, and Mm -hmm. and there's just a tension there the beautiful thing about hybrid is you're scripting this requirement of engagement straight through the process so uh i guess the question is what are what are the training uh core training expectations that you put on families that you think actually really would work for any family involved in a classical christian school
1: yeah yeah, no, great question. I mean, like you said, the model itself forces the issue, right? So there's still a way that you can kind of be, dial, you know, tuned out at our school and not be following through. It just wouldn't last very long because, yeah. you know, the, the student would struggle greatly if there wasn't follow through on the home front.
0: So do you give grades to parents, by the way?
1: Um, we don't give grades <laughs> to parents, but there is a whole system of, 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 of sort of natural <laughs> Accountability. consequences that everyone knows. You yeah, know, this is, okay. Uh, um, yeah. So so. Also, Davies. Interestingly, we still have the challenge because the the, the way that we the way that we help our parents learn about what's coming ahead is, and, and one of the ways that we kind of make it reasonable for like the non-homeschool types to, to, to settle into a vision like this, maybe K through 12, is by time you get to 7th through 12th grade, you are you are becoming more mentor, accountability partner, overseer, not the one like doing the instruction from day to day, because, you know, you have to give parents a vision where like, are you telling me I'm going to be teaching precalculus? calculus yeah, It's a saying, scary proposition, yeah, I would think. Yeah. Which the answer is no, we're not, yeah. that you're not teaching teaching precalculus, but you are help stewarding the process based of all the systems that we built for them to have a robust precalculus experience even with not five days a week
0: so by the way just a, do you do you, is there video supplements like yes you have, okay there's a,
1: all, all okay. of the above i mean we it, it becomes more of a professor professor type of relationship our, our students in rhetoric school are very equipped to um engage with their you know teachers professors on the non-campus days to, to kind of get answers we we, we, we do homegrown video series but that that you know for for different courses that our people have made we use kind of Certain curricula that has has those already built in that we can use, for example, in Latin. You know, we, we're doing that fairly often, where they they have the lesson at home, but any day there's a kind of video to fall back on. Okay, I need to reinforce that, that makes sense. so on and so yeah. forth. But the spirit of what you're asking, you know, is this. You know, part of the reason we have started schools like this is because we have felt passionate about calling parents not to wholesale abdicate this educational process, which five day week schools are, are are not doing. Thoughtful ones, classical schools aren't. I mean. In, any classical school is trying to uphold this principle of parental involvement. It's just that we have the issue forced in our, in our situation. And the call is to like, Hey, like, Hey, come try it. At least in the young, the younger years, try this, this rhythm and routine of a few days a week. Um, teaching, you know, uh, Mm -hmm. teaching addition and subtraction and reading, doing great read-alouds, you know, reading Peter Pan, like being able to read Peter Pan with your children at that age, um, you know, is just such a powerful, meaningful tool. And it strikes
0: me, too, I think so many young families in five-day just don't really know where to go. On the one hand, they feel like, well, my kid's cup is already pretty full, so we're just going to read Captain Underpants and have some fun when they get home. I mean, Mm -hmm. that, that might be, I think, a thought. Or there's a genuine desire for what can I read of substance? Your, your families have that prescribed and it sounds like, um, there's, a, there's an intentionality all the way through. D- does it include even things like family devotions? I mean, how much yeah. does, how much designing of resources yeah. do you do?
1: I mean, you know, our, our yeah. chapel and the home days is family oriented. It's designed to do what we do on Mondays okay. and Wednesdays. That's amazing. At, yeah. At home as you start to, you know, so the call, you know, I do a call to dads annually and it looks things like, so most of the dads are, are not, some of the dads are the main co-teacher. Yeah. Mostly it's the moms, right? Yeah, sure. So with dads, I have this track of like, it's, you know, maybe four or five fold. It's one, as often as you, can do that liturgy in the morning with your family before you head off to, head off to work. Uh, two, so if you're not the co-teacher, take one thread. Mm-hmm. Either commit to math, commit to you know pick three of the books in literature for the year and saying these are the books I'm going to own with the child, or do something like crazy, like say I'm going to do the Latin portion. You know, mm-hmm. you know that you know this this year just kind me of learn it with them and, yeah. E- exactly. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know call them into those rhythms of learning with w- with their children. Um, but you know we still have so so. Uh, Yeah, both both families uh, are—both parents are um, walking through this process with their children. Uh, You know, we developed a few years ago, but we still were—by the time they get to ninth grade, do they have to read Homer with their child? No, they don't. Um, but but what all of us, I think, are doing in the movement is we do want a re-education of parents. Like, we want, we want to it's call a parents huge, in, right. into the... We, ideally, I think any of our you know, humanities teachers from 7th through 12th would deeply desire for all the parents to read these books at the same time we're reading them. Well, right? and we talked
0: to... Absolutely, and we talked on the podcast. I mean, I think the kind of one of the challenges that lurks below the surface is that for so many parents, I don't know, it's probably at the subconscious level, is there's an intimidation... That they, they I'm quoting George Grant in a podcast I did years ago with him, and he said, you know, I, feel, I felt cheated in my own education. Mm-hmm. I think, A, you feel cheated when you're looking at what your kids are studying, and B, you feel intimidated. Oh, my gosh, like I am I am so out of my league with this. So yep. I think that would naturally cause a parent in many cases just to retract back and just let the school do it. Yep. What You're inviting parents into yeah, this. I stand on the stage yep.
1: once, a, once a month and tell parents, come get reeducated with wow. us. Which is it's a two for a, one deal. You need to put it, that in your marketing, and and and, and <laughs> we do. And time and time again, not everyone, but every after every info session I do, I get parents coming up to me and say, you know, like, yeah. can, can we can we come on Mondays and Wednesdays as well? Right? right. It's like, right, no, but 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 yeah. Well,
0: I said I know, like at Ambrose, they've they've occasionally done kind of a quote back to school night, and they'll have one of the teachers send out a pre reading, and and parents will flock, and I think there's a natural desire to try to dig in deep. So that's a fascinating motivator: is that you're getting to. Uh, you're getting the the prescription of what to do and you're giving guidance on how to engage. So it's, yeah. I mean, I, again, I, as my head spinning, like this is what every five-day needs at a lesser level. Just, hey, if you're a parent of an eighth grader, here's material you can read to your kid, books you yep. should read aloud, um, devotional ideas, uh, but yeah, continue on. This is let fascinating. me give you one more piece because yeah. this
1: this applies across the board. So in seven through twelve, we're still dealing with parents potentially tuning out because their students are getting so they're they're kind of like machines on the home days and are you know, very self-taught and you know kind of kind of living that college lifestyle by the time they get to ninth through 12th. and so uh, but we still want this parent engagement. So like we developed a resource three years ago that we'd be happy to share that says you know I think it's titled something like. Um, you know how to teach your child a book you've never read, mm. which which sounds which <laughs> sounds a like a, a little bit you know like uh, short selling the process, but it just comes with this dose of realism, right? Like so, you know, yeah. as much as I would love for dads to read Paradise Lost in tenth grade, uh, many of them just won't. There's kind of a realistic mindset about that, even though we still extend the call. But we sit, we have this list of a process with questions of how to sit down at night with your child. You ask questions like. In order to engage, if you've got a a basic kind of literary framework um, for, you know, deep reading, close reading, if we can equip parents with that, then as they come into that, you say uh, in, in, in any Thursday night, you sit down with your child, you ask, who's the hero of the story? What are they like? Tell me about this. You don't have to have read it to ask these questions with your sure. child, because I think the average parent is intimidated of like, well, I haven't read the book. There's nothing I can I can do. Right. And that's just simply not yeah. true.
0: Well, that's a great. That's an absolutely fantastic point. And and I think again, the challenge for parents and I, you know, even as a as a parent now of a senior in a five day school with a busy life, it's easy to not even know. Okay, yeah. what is he reading right? Yes. I don't know. Let me go. Yeah. I think I saw the syllabus a couple months ago. Um, how important, A, to know it's going to be, to your point, you don't have to be, uh, just ask thoughtful questions to engage the issues. Yeah, totally. That's, that's so And, good. Yeah. you
1: know, all of us, I think, have had those experiences as parents where our children are maturing and they're developing in all these ways that we had no right. idea. And, it, and, and, you know, we come and see them give a presentation. Or at senior thesis time, we kind of show up and we're like, oh, my yeah. word, like yeah. where, where did he come from? Right. And, you know, at least you're getting that. But, but part of the point is like, well, Maybe we could like tap in, dial in, and create the spaces where we, we see all the places they're starting to flourish yeah. more in real time, instead yeah. of being surprised by it. You know, three years later.
0: So how do you? I, I could see somebody maybe being concerned that this again is a beautiful model for grammar and logic, but rhetoric. You kind of again need baby bird to get ready to leave, and are you are you setting them up for a potential challenge when you've had so much parental oversight through twelfth grade? How do you begin to prep them so they don't hit freshman year right. and panic because mom and dad aren't right. right there with the the curriculum?
1: Okay, so it's, the, it's Davies is actually the opposite, and so I, I get it. Like we yeah. we were skeptical of our own vision. Like, can we really deliver? And, <laughs> right. You know, it was all on paper. Like, but like by the time we get to high school, can, can we can we really do this? And uh, the, the the truth is, I, I can say this with full integrity. It, it, it's 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 more fluid and better than we could have ever thought, and it's because. Of the opposite of what you're saying so by the time they get through ninth through 12th there is little to no parent hand-holding although we're still calling the, and what we have is students who are um who wake up on their own yeah they're 7 independent o'clock in the morning right, right and they know what i mean because we're not messing around with issues of workload and sort of rigor um, they know what they have to do on a Tuesday morning to get the job done, to be able to show up well on Wednesday with everything that they, they need. And so that is, you know, in, in my opinion, that's more college prep. We don't use that term, but that's more readiness for the college lifestyle than some 5 day week schools that provide opportunities for students to kind of coast and be lost in the mix and and aren't really developing independent uh, independent just, just, skills yeah you know. just executive function
0: all the way to just life habit that's a really it, that makes total sense you know and i that's certainly a critique in general of classical christian schools that we are again putting the mayberry bubble around these kids and they're showing up freshman year with no idea how to function yeah. i mean we're, th- there's a difference certainly in academic readiness and social readiness and so on but that makes a ton of sense because it's yeah. been it's been it's a very prescribed you have to be in a hybrid very prescriptive about what the expectations are at home. So yes. that yeah. makes it makes a lot of sense. Well I know time is short. Any other just best practice recommendation? What do you you know, what what's a message you have to feel like you have to continue to get in front of families just to I
1: know. think the message in the spirit of this podcast for, I mean, first of all, I do think that there's um, ways that kind of the hybrid realm and five D five day a week realm that needed to de- continue to develop you know, the synergies and the broad vision of just what what we are trying to do is a robust Christian classical, you know, uh, the right. spurring on of the continued movement of, of these sort of practices, no matter what type of school. I do think that, you know, we haven't brought this up, but increasingly 5 day week schools are looking, you, you talked about yours, are looking to kind of add yeah, potentially a, programs. as an, an extension, I think, right. I think us hybrid schools that have been doing it for a while would be happy to advise and help resource schools that are looking to develop that in their own school. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, but the spirit of it is, hey, wh- wh- no matter how many days a week we're doing it, um, let's continue to extend this call to get parents kind of deeply integrated, it, absolutely. deeply involved. That's right. Uh, yeah.
0: And and again, I think there's a, it's a unique moment in time as the world gets wackier. I think families are even more aware that they need to be in the lives of their children and to be. Involved in it and for some families. Again, it's it's homeschool for others. It's five day. But I think what you have, um, I'll, I'll give you credit for discovering. You said that earlier, and you discovered it. So um, we'll give you credit. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't, don't, do, don't do that. No. <laughs> the Anderson model. <laughs> Not um, at all. So at if all. folks are curious, Neil, and want to know more, can they get in touch with you? What's the best way to?
1: Yeah, I think until we find a better way, you know, I, I, I'm. Uh, working with SEL on this project of helping identify, you know, I'm very familiar with what's going on in Texas. Um, but outside of that, it's, it gets real thin for me as far as where are the classical collaborative kind of hybrid schools, where are they, what are they doing? Um, and so I want to kind of, I'm trying to generate an extensive list for the sake of all of us and then also start really really trying to learn how SEL can resource and, and, and whether it be through tracks at conferences, whether, you know, all, all the different things yeah. that SEL has cooking, um, how, how do those things apply to the hybrid world?
0: Yeah. yeah. And there's a lot of interest. And, and again, thanks for being available. We'll, we'll put in the show notes, how to get in touch with you. And, um yep. and Perfect. obviously, uh, there's a lot more conversation here, but thanks so much, Neil, for being a part of this. We'll definitely want to have you back and continue to learn more about this amazing work. Thanks so much. Thanks, Davies. Hey, Basecamp Live listeners, thank you again for listening to this episode and for your faithful support and encouragement for going on four years of podcasting. It was so good to meet many of you in person this summer at the ACCS and SCL conferences, and I always appreciate getting your emails. Reach out to me. Let me know where you're listening from, what's on your mind. You can get to me at info at Basecamp Live. Com. This fall is going to be an exciting time for Basecamp Live with some new formats and updates coming to the show. We are also grateful for the number of individuals and organizations who partner with us. So a quick shout out to these groups who I know personally, they're leaders and the quality of the resources that they provide both to individuals and to schools. First of all, the focus group. If you're running a capital campaign or working on a major donor development project, they are accomplished, skilled and ready to serve you. Secondly, Classical Academic Press. Chris Perrin and his team continue to build a wealth of curriculum and training materials for your classical Christian education, whether you're teaching at home or at school. Thirdly, Scola Inbound Marketing. Their proven model is helping schools attract and keep new families, a value to any school. And then fourthly, the CLT or Classic Learning Test. Jeremy Tate and his team provide students with an alternative standardized test that is a much better way for students to demonstrate their knowledge and abilities as we know the SAT and ACT are being set aside by so many colleges and universities so thank you so much for these resources and and options that are given to us by these great sponsors finally again let us know where you're listening from info at basecamplive.com we'll connect with you again on our next episode thanks again for listening